This episode is brought to you by Peloton. Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions, but let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hi again, and welcome back. I'm glad you could join us. I know that our door is a little bit hard to find, nestled between the satellite supply store and the AI confessional booth, but here you are. Got a question about tomorrow? Well, you are in the right place. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood futurology shop, where you can get the answers to tomorrow's questions today. On today's trip to and from the future, we are considering questions of sublimation and extra dimensions. And to walk us through both physics and metaphysics, I called up Dr. Katie Mack, an astrophysicist and the author of the book, The End of Everything, Astrophysically Speaking. Katie, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Are you ready to give some advice? I I will do my best. (laughs) Do you like advice columns or do you find them? I do. I do. I I enjoy them a lot. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and, and I, I do enjoy giving advice. Um, although I, I do not trust my own judgment in any context. (laughs) It's good to give advice, but I don't want to have to ever take advice. That's how I feel where I'm like, I'll do what I want. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I will give advice to other people. I will I will not give myself good advice or accept good advice from other people, I think is the usual pattern. Yeah. I, think, I think that's normal. I think that's like a normal thing. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to play this question for you. Okay. I'm going to do it via sharing my screen. And so it should just come through your okay. headphones. Let's see if I can. Hi, Rose. I have a question for advice from the future. I want to know if I should sublimate into a higher dimension. Um, I think that's the term for it, sublimate. But, you know, there's other higher dimensions, maybe, I guess, or they say. And, you know, what would that be like? And would that kill me? And would that or would just would that be super awesome? Uh, Let me know from the future. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Where should we begin? Um, I, I feel like we should begin with de- defining the term dimension. I was going to ask, are there, in fact, other dimensions? Well, so... Okay, so buckle up, do a few neck rolls, crack your knuckles if you need to, because you are about to get about seven minutes of straight physics just injected directly into your veins here. So get a pen and paper if you want, or if you're like me, just, you know, let it wash over you like a complicated but beautiful piece of music that you don't totally understand, but you do enjoy listening to. In physics, we talk about dimensions as there's just sort of directions, you know, that you can go. Like, so in 
in our world that we experience, we have three dimensions, right? We have forward, backward, left, right, you know, up, down. And we often talk about time as being a dimension when you get into like relativity and stuff. And so that then you can say we have four dimensions. But there are a lot of ideas in physics around possibilities of additional dimensions. Uh, so spa additional spatial dimensions. So you imagine a direction that is in, at right angles to all of our current directions. And that is not a thing that a human mind can visualize for the most part. Maybe there are people who can do it. I, I have yet to meet someone who has convinced me that they can visualize this. Um, but in principle, mathematically, it's totally fine. You just have, you have a higher dimension that's just, it's a direction that's perpendicular to all of our directions. And you can have more of those. Mathematically, it makes sense to just, you know, you can have four spatial dimensions, five spatial dimensions, 11, whatever. Um, and, uh, and there are certain reasons in physics why we hypothesize these things. Uh, one of the famous reasons people talk about higher dimensions in physics is because certain kinds of string theory ideas only work with higher dimensions, with string theories in general. These ideas about sort of unifying quantum mechanics and gravity, sometimes you need extra dimensions to do that, and you have some sort of physical object that moves in higher dimensions, and that corresponds to something that we observe in our dimension, our dimensions, you know, in our space. So it kind of helps with the mathematical structure of these, of these theories. And there are also ideas about extra dimensions that come in when you try to explain why gravity is so much weaker than the other forces of nature. So we, we think of gravity as being strong, but you know, every time you pick up a coffee cup, you're overcoming the gravity of the entire earth pulling down on it. And the coffee cup is holding itself together with electromagnetic forces much, you know, it's not, it's not sort of crumbling to a heap because of gravity. Uh, gravity is weaker than, than electromagnetic forces, than the nuclear forces, the strong nuclear force and the weak nuclear force. And so there have been ideas about why that is that involve maybe gravity is leaking into other dimensions. Um, literally, the idea is that gravity can pass through higher dimensions of space that may or may not exist. And if that's the case, then we see it as a little weaker in our three-dimensional space because the actual activity of gravity is, is through a larger space than what we experience. So those are the kinds of things that we talk about when we talk about extra dimensions in physics. Now, in general, those if there is some higher dimensional space, so let's say we're talking about a, well, there are a couple of different kinds of extra dimensions. <laughs> So there are some that are small, which is a weird idea, but the idea being that, you know, we our, our current dimensions of space are large, which means that you can go a long way in any of our three directions and, you know, you don't hit any kind of edge or come back on yourself or anything. But um, in some theories, the extra dimensions, if there are, if they do exist, are very small. And that means that if you could go that weird direction, you wouldn't get very far before you come back to where you started. Um, and so those are not suitable for travel. It's very Alice in Wonderland-like. You just like <laughs> wind up in this like tiny little loop. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other reason extra dimensions might not be suitable for travel is because generally speaking, uh, for most of these theories, though not for all of them, 
the standard model particles, the particles that make up us and matter and, and all of the, you know, even like even light can only live on our three-dimensional space. And it's only gravity that, that extends through the higher dimensional spaces. And so um, being created of regular matter, we, we, we just, our matter can't go to those spaces, um, even if they do extend very far in, in some new direction. So that's, that's the, the very technical physics-y version of, of higher dimensions. That is almost certainly not what anybody means when they talk about going to another dimension or, or a, a higher dimension or something. When people talk about it, uh, you know, colloquially, they mean like an astral plane, which is a, an idea of like some other kind of space that exists, you know, maybe parallel to our space or like above our space in some way. And they're not just talking about a direction there. And it's possible that they're... I'm trying hard here. It's possible they're talking about brain worlds. <laughs> so, so a brain world is a, a lower dimensional space, like a 3D space that lives inside a higher dimensional space, like a 4D space or a 5D space. Okay, so it's possible that our space is embedded within some, some, lar some space with larger number of dimensions. And so our, it's, it's kind of like our space is like a a sheet in a larger space, and there could be other sheets that are sort of three-dimensional spaces. That's the brain world idea. We call each sort of three-dimensional sheet a brain, brain as in B-R-A-N-E, sort for sort of short for membrane, I guess. Um, so we could, uh, we could be on a 3D brain and there could be another 3D brain separated from us by this higher dimensional space that only gravity can pass through. And, you know, who knows what could be on that other brain. And that could be thought of like a parallel universe. We don't have any evidence that something like that exists. Um, the the most often way it comes up as a possibility is um, well, in some ideas where they where it can interact with our brain, and usually that's catastrophic, so it's not great. But it might be, you know, it could be potentially it could there could be another space out there. How would we know if we were in a brain? Like if we were in a brain inside of another brain, like how would we know that? Well, so the tests of gravity are what could tell us that, right? Um, so if the if the extra dimension is large, then um, the 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 strength of gravity would change uh, differently than we expect uh, as we look at very small scales. So basically. When we talk about large extra dimensions in physics, we're actually not talking about like things that, that extend a really long way. Usually we're like millimeter size or less. So even then you, you don't you can't go very far <laughs> in those directions. But um, that means that if let's say we have another dimension that's that's only about a millimeter wide, uh, but it's like the fourth spatial dimension, then if we can measure the gravitational force on the scale of a millimeter, then that's where it starts to make a difference to how gravity acts. So like if you're standing a millimeter farther away from a mountain, you're not going to notice the gravitational force is changing. But if you can measure the gravitational force of something that's only a millimeter large, like wide or something, and you go a little bit farther than that, then you should show a really big difference in the gravity as you get a little bit farther from that. And if the gravity is not just 
you know, extending in our three-dimensional space, but also going into another space that's about the size of where you're measuring it, then you'll notice a, a difference. And then there's a whole bunch of kind of uh, really esoteric particle physics experiments that are looking for various things that could be consequences of extra dimensions. And we haven't found anything yet. So you'd have to shrink yourself down very, very, very tiny. And then maybe you could talk about potentially traveling to this small new dimension, or would you still not be able to travel well, even if you were super tiny? So, yeah, even then, like, in principle, only gravity can traverse that space, right? Um, there, are, there are very few theories where other things can traverse that space, and, and I don't know what it would do to you to try. <laughs> so... And I don't know, I don't know what it would do to you to be a macroscopic object trying to traverse, to traverse a small space. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure that's, not sure it's advisable. <laughs> I also don't know exactly what it would do to you. Could you travel between yeah. brains if we knew that they were there and we wanted to like move around between them? Well, I mean, you'd have to cross the space that separates them, right? So, so each, so imagine you can imagine two, um, uh, two brain worlds or two brains as being sort of sheets inside a three D space, like you know, sheets of paper separated by some space, right? Like you, you need to cross that space, so they're not touching each other. You know, they're not, um, they're not immediately adjacent. Uh, so that's that's what makes that difficult is. And what is that space? Is that just like nothing or like, what is it? Like, what is that? I mean, it, it, it depends on the theory. So sometimes, sometimes it can have, uh, it can have sort of particles in it. It can, it can be, you know, full of energy. It, it can be, it can be just empty, you know, space time, right. Um, just, just, a, a empty space. Um, so nobody knows. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends on on the theory and why why you're sort of invoking these things. <laughs> um, what what it could have in it? Be a risk to take to try. Yeah, yeah. Again, not really sure. I'd recommend it. <laughs> Even you know, there are a lot of things that happen in science fiction that I would not recommend, like like jumping into black holes. People do that a lot in science fiction. Not a good idea. Black holes are not a good place to go. Mm. They're very dangerous. If you get that close, they're fine out there, you know, light years away or whatever, but you, you really don't want to jump in. You shouldn't drive the spaceship into it. No, no, you really shouldn't. <laughs> Bad things will happen to you in several different ways. <laughs> um, why do you think that these ideas of like other dimensions or other sort of like universes or parallel spaces are so appealing? I feel like they I see them in bad science headlines all the time. People love this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like why is this so appealing? Well, I think that, you know, we 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 like the idea that there's a a universe out there or a space out there that's just very different, you know, that where maybe the the rules are different, the laws of physics are different. And and you know, if there is another like brain out there, um it could have different laws of physics. It could have, you know, different different activity, different rules. Um so I think, you know, people I think it comes out I, I do think a lot of it comes out of this sort of astral plane idea that there's this there's a space that you might be able to tap into where the spirits live, right? Like people want to connect with their lost loved ones. 
wise beings, uh, you know, the past, all of that. And I, so I think that that the idea that there's some other other space out there where you know people can communicate differently or where you know uh, people can live forever as disembodied something like it's kind of people think that's a neat idea you know it comes there are a lot of different faith traditions that have some kind of heaven or some kind of you know afterlife where the rules are different and maybe it's better <laughs> you know i think it, that appeals to people a lot so so this question asker i feel like in part of it is like probably seeing headlines that say like, oh, there are the potential extra dimensions or potentially we're living in a simulation or potentially mm. there are these other things. And those are mm. like fun, probably not fun for you, but fun for a lot of people to like see and think about, you know, because they are these like big, whoa, like galaxy yeah. brain ideas. Yeah. But I also feel like it kind of is like if there was a way to get away from like, it's kind of like a nice, like, emergency break. Like, we'll just go to a different dimension and not yeah. have to deal with any of this here. Yeah, yeah, I can see I can see what's feeling. I mean, you know, it's the ultimate escapism, right? Escape our entire universe and all of its laws. That sounds great, right? <laughs> problem is you don't know what you're going to find when you get there, <laughs> which is often the problem with escapism. You know, you leave someplace, but then you're in someplace, and then you have to deal with being in that place. If someone wanted to escape via physics, what would be a better way than trying to sublimate to a new dimension? Escape what exactly? I don't know. I guess I'm trying to think of like if there are other better versions of this that mm. would actually potentially work. Not driving into a black hole. Not a good right. idea. Not a black hole. No. Um, I mean, What about space, a wormhole? Uh, so <laughs> wormholes probably don't exist. <laughs> Dang it. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, there's no evidence for them existing. And theoretically, it's very hard to to construct a, a mathematically consistent wormhole that doesn't collapse on itself immediately. And if you can make one that doesn't collapse on itself immediately, it's usually very small and has and is held up by a kind of matter we don't know if it exists or not. Probably doesn't. Um, wormholes are a bit tricky. Uh, if you could go into a wormhole, though, it would just take you somewhere else in our universe, which may or may not be helpful, depending on where where that someplace else is. Um, in principle, it could also allow time travel, which is kind of cool. So if you want to if you want to go to the past or the future, you know, um, I mean, going to the future is fairly easy uh, physics. You know, according to we're physics. doing it right now. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it now. And if you uh, if you get in a spaceship that goes really really fast, you can get there sooner um, than all of your friends who didn't get in the spaceship. You know, so like relativity is great for that. If you hang out really close to a black hole, don't go into it. But if you hang out, you know, close enough and uh, and let the you know the curvature of space affect how time is flowing around you, then then you can also get to the future, um, you know, faster than your friends. Maybe going to the future is, is your best bet if you really want to escape, you know, um, get in your spaceship, go really fast for a long time, come back or go somewhere else if you think there's somewhere else that's nicer. Um, and then, you know, see see if we've worked it all out yet. And, and if not, you get back in your spaceship, try again. That feels like a lot of faith to put in people to be like, they'll just work it out. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and also it's a little bit, you know, kind of freeloading on the on the progress of generations, right? Like that's not it's a little bit of a faux pas there. Um I don't know. I don't know. I think uh I think that for me, you know, the the escape for, for you get through with physics is is more kind of philosophical, right? You get to you get to think about the universe and how cool it is and and gain some perspective, some kind of cosmic perspective of how we fit into this amazing cosmos and, uh, you know, how unimportant we are to the universe. And that can be helpful to think about sometimes. And, and, you know, how fragile and temporary we are, like maybe that, maybe just kind of having a cosmic sense of that can help you sort of appreciate what you have, even when it sort of sucks in its own way. It's not practical, really, but I do think that stuff can be can be helpful. More practical than trying to sublimate to another dimension, though, because that's not possible. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I think you know, sort of power of positive thinking is kind of the best I can offer in terms of <laughs> in terms of what physics can do to to improve to improve your your circumstances. Destroying your physical form to exist as pure energy in some higher plane is. Probably not going to go the way you think. In the more like philosophical realm, if you ever mm. have like the feeling of wanting to like escape some some situation, mm. what kind of advice might you give in the non-physics sense of like somebody who's like, I got to get out of here? Oh, like like practical world advice, like life advice. Oh, this yeah. is fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think the first step I would suggest is to uh, – you know, contact an actual professional, um, a counselor or or a psychologist who can who can help you talk through whatever it is that you're trying to escape. Um, in some cases, you you may need to enlist the help of a social worker or a law enforcement agent, depending on what exactly you're escaping. Um, but uh, if it's if it's just that you know life is complicated and and you don't like how it's going. Um, then I think that I think the most important thing is really to figure out what exactly you're escaping. I think that's always that's always going to be the, um, you know, the the crux of the problem. And and I think that the people are not always clear on that. You know, a lot of times people just have this sort of malaise, and uh, and don't really know where it's coming from or what to do with it, or they're not happy with their life. And they don't not entirely sure why. And I think taking a good amount of time to figure out exactly what it is that's bothering you what parts of it are in your control and what parts aren't. And then, you know, try some stuff, right? Like you don't know what's going to make your life better. Like try some things, you know, maybe, uh, you know, making a, maybe taking up a new sport is going to make you feel better or some kind of hobby or, or talking to your friends more, going outside once in a while or whatever. Like there are a lot of things that can, that can help, um, that you might not have thought of. And so I think being open to new experiences is a really good, a good place to start. And, um, and talking to people who know more about life than than theoretical physicists is also good. <laughs> Maybe learn some physics. It'll give you some perspective. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You can take up astronomy. Um, learn about math. I mean, you know, there's some amazing books about abstract algebra out there, which I I really think uh, can can help if you if you get really into that. I I, I mean, just a suggestion. <laughs> Not for me. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Like, it's it's a totally different way of thinking about, like, patterns and shapes and, and how things are organized in, in 
the world. I don't know. I thought it was amazing. Um, well, Katie, thank you for explaining dimensions to me, which seems like a thing I should know what they are, but turns out are more complicated than I thought because, <laughs> you know, who knows? I guess that's the common thing I feel whenever I have you on the show ever to talk about physics. I'm like, that's more complicated than I thought it was going to be. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but thanks for coming. No, it's good. It's good. It's because you're asking questions about interesting things that are touching on, you know, real uh, cutting edge physics. So that's cool. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Also, like everything is always more complicated than it that seems, is true. right? Like that, that is, is also true. Yes. That is part of why we want to escape and, and sublimate to a different dimension because maybe it'll be simpler over there. <laughs> yeah, because there's only gravity and no other uh, no other particles. Very simple. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're also dead. Yeah. So like <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always fun to talk to you. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Do you have a question about the future? Some conundrum you're facing now or one that you think we might face in the future? Send it in. You can send a voice memo to advice at ffwdpresents.com, like flash forward abbreviated, flash forward presents.com, or call 347-927-1425 and leave a message. And now a quick break. And when we come back, Capitalism enters the chat. Dr. Elsie's is keeping cats in loving homes with veterinarian-formulated solutions, like their Cat Attract Litter that brings problem cats back to the litter box, or their best-selling Ultra Litter made with 100% natural clay. It's great at controlling odors and low in dust and tracking without added perfumes or harsh chemicals. Visit drelsies.com slash podcast to see why it's the litter cats love. That's D-R-E-L-S-E-Y-S dot com slash podcast. Okay, so Katie says that there probably are not extra dimensions in the way that you and I think about them. And I guess we have to take her word for it since she is the astrophysicist after all. But if I know one thing about capitalism, it's that something doesn't have to exist in order to be sold. And with that in mind, I present to you an original poem written and performed by Jane A. Kwan. This is A Path Above. A pamphlet in the waiting room promises me that the process is painless and the payout is wonderful. For all intents and purposes, it seems like an all-inclusive vacation getaway, more than a seemingly permanent separation from my body. Here are things I know about the procedure. It has a 100% satisfaction rate. No pain has ever been reported by clients. Nobody has asked to reverse the procedure. And my brother got it done last summer. I have not heard from him since. In the waiting room, the seats are covered in stained leather, the imprints of asses before me now gone off to some more final frontier. When I move, they creak. I wonder if making sound when we move is proof of our existence, and if this procedure isn't just some Dr. Kevorkian clinic. Would it be so bad if it were? Would it be so bad if it were not? I used to think shifting between dimensions meant time travel, like finally being untethered by linear time. 
But then the procedure came out and it promised a path to a higher dimension, something greater than fourth time or fifth gravity, maybe, or even sixth. I think higher just meant weirder, weirder dimensions, stranger concepts. But they needed to position this new plane of being. What was better than higher, beyond, above? Religious believers certainly know that up is better than down, but my brother simply went away. I asked while being interviewed to see if I was a good candidate for sublimination, what would happen to my body afterward? Probably because I missed my brother. There was no part of him that had been returned to me, no plot of land or urn, no proof that he had ever been here. Clients wishing to embark on their journeys will not have to worry about their physical forms after sublimination is completed. But I wanted to know what would happen to me, what had happened to him. The company treats all clients and their privacy with the utmost respect before, during, and after their facilitated beginning. I never did get an answer, but I wanted to go along with it anyway. If you're wondering, did I know he was going to do it? Would it surprise you to know that I did not? And maybe, maybe I couldn't have asked him to stay. Sometimes I imagine that we all turn to soups, big vats of primordial something continuously being added to one another to make another life. And that's how it all starts, another. And later, much, much later, something will come out of the all of us in other, something legless, lacking spine, a collective, me, my brother, and the strangers who said yes. Other times I imagine we turned into steam. The first thing we learn to do in a higher dimension is not how to walk or run, but how to dissipate so that we are everywhere and also nowhere. I imagined a flash of light so blinding it made our shadows permanent on the wall behind us, that I would go into a room and there would be the shadows of the people who said yes, and maybe I could recognize my brother. I would stand so that when they did vaporize me, my permanent shadow would remain beside my brother, and someone later would recognize me too, maybe but I would come back just once, unlike my brother, because he forgot to tell me what it would feel like when it finally happens, and I go. It feels like dying. We assure you, we are not killing you, but it feels like making the choice to die. Life in a higher dimension is unknowable to us here. The joy of discovery and revelation, the moment the procedure takes place, is unfathomable in its intricacy and nuance. Worldly issues like money and politics will become trivial in an uncharted dimension. 
we believe in the process. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. And no client has ever asked to reverse the process. My brother never asked to see me again. To reverse the process, he never asked. All I want is new adventure, a chance to start over and see something above, beyond this, or higher, or up. Just something new. Advice for and from the future is written, edited, and hosted by me, Rose Evelyn. A Path Above was written and performed by Jane A. Kwan, a transmasculine, non-binary writer living in Los Angeles. You can find links to their work in the show notes, and please do check them out because they are incredibly talented. The theme music is by Also Also Also, who has a new album out called The Good Grief, which you can get on Bandcamp. Thanks to Michael for your question and to Dr. Katie Mack for joining me to dash our hopes of escaping to an alternate dimension. Additional music provided by Blue Dot Sessions. If you want to ask a question for or from the future, send a voice memo to advice at ffwdpresents.com. If you want to get behind the scenes stuff about how this show and other shows in the Flash Forward Presents network work and what's coming up, you can do that by becoming a member of the Time Traveler program. Just go to ffwdpresents.com for more about that. Until next time.